0: You know, I found myself asking my mom for for something very particular during this time in quarantine.
1: What'd you ask?
0: I said, mom, I really need you to send me my abuelitas consome de pollo recipe right now. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I yes. need my grandmother's consome de pollo recipe right now.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, I've written about this. I've written about the... Um, the rituals of sickness that a lot of Mexican and Mexican American families have. And whenever I'm sick, I always think of my abuelas caldo de pollo. I always think about like that to me is what healing tastes and smells like. It sucks right now because I really wish I could have some again.
0: And I wish I could send it to you from Harlem to Brooklyn, because I made some I made <laughs> some too.
1: good caldo. I swear. It was really, really good. Oh my God. As soon as they let us out, I want some.
0: From NPR and Futuro Media, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Today, how to make it through life in self-quarantine with the writer of the advice column, Hola Papi. John Paul Bramer imparts his wisdom for these strange new times. By now, your life has probably been impacted in some way by the coronavirus pandemic. And no matter where you live, the expert advice is basically the same. Stay at home if you can, social distance yourself, and try to prevent this spread. Now, the Latino USA team has been working remotely for the past several weeks. In fact, I'm recording this from my home studio, and we're really lucky to be able to do this. But also, like you, this has been a hard transition. It's tough to confront this as our temporary new normal. I was looking for advice. So I called up writer, John Paul Bramer. He's the author of the
1: popular advice column, Hola Papi. You know, one thing that's sort of been going through my mind a lot is that a lot of people are going through the same thing at once. And that's not a common experience at all.
0: As an advice columnist, John Paul has touched on a large range of topics from race to politics to mental health to sexuality, being queer and dating. And now he's fielding questions about life in the time of a pandemic. I sat down with John Paul to talk about what it's like to give advice for a living and more specifically, what it's like to be giving advice in this moment. And later, he'll be answering questions from you. Hola, mi querido papi. (laughs) It's good to talk to you in quarantine. In quarantine. Here we are. So, dude, I need to know a little bit about this. Okay. How is it that you end up writing an advice column? Was this something that you dreamed of?
1: (laughs) It's completely by accident. Um, The way it happened is I was a freelancer living in Brooklyn at the time, working as a journalist for NBC News and i was really struggling to make it as a writer you know it doesn't pay a whole lot especially when you're just starting out and grinder of all places had just launched a new outlet and they were looking for columnists to write new things get readers excited so i'm broke at the time right and i'm like okay i want to write something every single week so that i can make more checks basically no
0: no I no thought, wait a second wait a second <laughs> that is such an hijo de inmigrantes kind of thing to do. That you're just like, okay, I got to get paid. Oh my God, I love this. Okay, and then what happened?
1: And then I was like, okay, but the problem is I can't think of a new thing to write about every single week. I don't trust myself to find like a new subject. I don't want to think that hard. What do I do? And then I was like, wait, there's a kind of column out there where people bring the problem to you and they bring the subject to you. It's called an advice column. And I was like, cool, people will write me letters. You know, the gays never run out of drama. I'll always have something to write about. It will be fine. And it originally started out as a spoof in advice column. I really thought I was going to be making a Dear Abby parody. And I was like, it's going to be really funny. It's going to be crazy, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I named it Hola Papi because that was something that guys on Grindr said to me a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Like, seriously? Um, yeah, seriously. Wait, wait, wait. So, like, the second men would find out and realize that you're Latino, they would suddenly start saying, Hola Papi?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's what they would open with. Yes. They would just be like, Hola Papi. It's, like, very common on Grinder. It's this very, like fetishizing, weird thing to say, but I get it all the time, and I was like, this is kind of funny, this is a way to reclaim that title a little bit. I'm going to have people call me Ola Papi, but it's to ask me for advice, not nude pictures. You know what I mean? So I was just like, this will be fun. (laughs) I can't wait. And then, a couple weeks go by, and I get so many letters. Like, more letters than I ever thought I would get. And I started to have to take it seriously because some of the things people were coming to me with were very heavy. Obviously, when you're talking about the LGBT community, especially where it intersects with um, Latinx people, you're gonna get a lot of complicated emotions, a lot of unique experiences. And I was like, okay, I guess I have to grow up a little bit. I can't can't be a jokester as much as I would like to be every single week because I actually wanna help people. I really do think that I grew up with the column and it's really turned into something that I could have never predicted. I mean, if you told me, Back in 2017, when I launched this, that it would be a memoir, that it would be a really popular newsletter, all this other stuff. I would be like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is a joke. (laughs) I'm just here to be funny.
0: (laughs) So there's something. It's not just about the the column. It's really, I mean, you're a great writer, right? You're just able to put ideas down in a way that makes so much sense, super clear, very much of the moment. But the truth is, John Paul, is that you're also hilarious.
1: Thank you. So
0: were you always into humor?
1: (laughs) So I grew up in rural Oklahoma. We were the only Mexicans around. We were some of the only people around. Our neighbors were cows. Um, My mother was voted in the high school newspaper most likely to run a taco stand, if that tells you anything about the kind of town I grew up in.
0: Oh, my God. And that was like, that was serious? That was
1: serious or it was a joke? Yeah, absolutely serious. Yes. But I also did grow up in a Mexican family and we like to roast each other. And so from a very young age, I had to sort of get a little bit witty, get a little bit quick on my feet or else my mother was just going to destroy me at dinner. every
0: day. (laughs) So your questions for your column, Hola Papi,
1: they really range. What are people looking for advice for? One really common one is people who are looking for permission to be something, whether that's Latino, Latina, or gay, or bisexual, or trans. They really want an authority figure to come up and say, Hey, I see you. And yes, you are authentically, you know, X, Y, or Z. That was something that was deeply programmed into me growing up, too, because I was like, God, I'm in Oklahoma. You know, I wasn't raised with Spanish. I have all these things about me that feel fake, that feel false. So in terms of what I do, I I really enjoy taking on the roles that I have because not only is it sort of rare for a man to run an advice column these days, but for a Latino man, I really feel like that's a whole lot of fun because I get to embrace, you know, my sensitive side, my feminine side, and that's something that, you know, as a kid I didn't think was on the table for me and I think that's sort of how we break out of that box. We sort of just say like, you know, I hear you, but I'm going to do my own thing and it's no less or more authentically Latino because of it.
0: Do you feel that because of what we're living through right now, COVID-19, that there's kind of like a self-help renaissance?
1: Ooh, I really do think that we as Latinos are at our best when someone else is sick. (laughs) I know that like when I was sick as a kid, my abuela would sort of stop being this like cranky miserly old woman that she was and she would become this like, oh mijo, you're sick, let me make you some soup, let me just like help you, let me put a rag on your head, etc. I have that same instinct I think. And so while everything is sort of terrible right now and everything's falling apart, one thing that I have been busying myself with is seeing that my friends are tended to just sort of checking in with them, being like, you know, how are you feeling right now? Um, And the social media is one thing that's sort of like This large audience where I can sort of talk about self help in nebulous terms and abstract terms. But I think what's more important right now are the specific connections. Like I sort of feel closer to a lot of my friends right now than I did when I could physically see them. And it's because there's pain in between us and it's a shared pain. As horrible as everything is, and as much as I wish it wasn't happening, it's what we decide to do with our hurt. And it can bring us together and it can help us discover more about each other. And that's how I choose to look at it right now because it's sort of keeping me sane.
0: <laughs> A lot of people, including me, really have been struggling with uh, the self-isolation. But I am wondering, mi querido uh, John Paul Papi, what have you been doing to take care of you? And what's been helpful for you in this time?
1: So... Um, for the first couple of weeks, I just sort of gave up on trying to understand <laughs> where my head was at. And I think that was important because I think, you know, one of the things you want to do in terms of getting back to quote unquote normal is to sort of understand what you're feeling, understand what's happening and get back on track. But sometimes the desire to get back on track is stronger than the healing process and it overpowers it. And you end up just frustrating yourself because you're trying to work, you're trying to be productive and your brain is sort of telling you, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't have that in me right now. It's not working. Um, And that's where I was for a while. And I was like, you know, maybe I just need to, you know, do what I have to do to maintain my jobs and everything, but also just sort of take it easy on myself in terms of what I see as my output. We're all sort of experiencing some sort of collective loss right now. And when I think of it that way, it's easier for me to be like, it's sort of like the whole world is a little bit sick right now. And you you don't go on jogs when you're sick. You don't run marathons when you're sick. You go... Take a rest. (laughs) And so if it's a time of rest, let it be that.
0: Coming up on Latino USA, you called in with your questions during this trying time. And Hola Papi writer John Paul Bramer is here to answer them. Stay with us. No te vayas.
1: We live in a culture that prizes action. But now, former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy says it's important to make space to just be. Simply spending five minutes just listening to the birds chirping or to the conversation around you. Solitude and ways to overcome loneliness on the next Hidden Brain from NPR.
0: Hey, we're back. Now you, our listeners, called in with some of your questions for Hola Papi, and we're going to play some of those voicemails now. Thank you so much to everyone who called in. And for a few of you, we've got some answers. John Paul Bramer is going to take it from here. Hola Papi, my name is Alejandra and I'm calling from Los Angeles. And I was really hoping you could help me I feel like these past few weeks, I've busted way too many WhatsApp conspiracy theories that I've heard from my mom. She's hearing them from her friends from church, from her friends back home in Nicaragua, from family here in LA, in California, in the US. And it's just, she keeps giving and getting this information that I think is a little well-intentioned, but absolutely wild. So if you have any advice, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'm really tempted to just take her phone at this point, because if I can't stop, at least everyone else in our family I at least can stop her, especially now when knowing the right information can, you know, really be life saving. I just I can't engage anymore. So if you have any advice I would greatly appreciate it.
1: Hi Alejandra, first of all, I think if I knew how to counter misinformation and conspiracy theories between abuelas and church groups, I would be getting paid a lot more right now. I think it would be really funny if you actually confiscated your mom's phone, that would be hilarious, but it's just not a practical solution in the long term. I think that the best that we can do is present counter information, verified information, and let them pick it up or put it down. Because we can't really force people into thinking a certain way. Even if it's people we love and even if we're correct, that's just not how things work. I think it's really smart if you could find some voices that, you know, your family is already accustomed to or that already trusts. Or even if people they don't know who are in the community, people, you know, who look and sound like them. Those are great places to look. And in terms of delivery make it feel more like a conversation than it is you correcting them. When people are afraid, they tend to cling to things that can give them easy answers. And that's kind of where conspiracy theories come from. So know where it's coming from. It's not an excuse, but it is an explanation. And move forward in truth and light. (laughs) Good luck. Hola, papi. My name is Jordan. My advice that I need help with is I'm a college student that now came home for quarantine and my family gave my bedroom to my younger sister and now I'm here and I don't have a space at home. How do you deal with trying to kind of make space in a really crowded household during this time? (laughs) Jordan. So I'll just tell you a little bit about my situation right now. I am in Brooklyn. I am in my apartment, the one I've been living in for about half a year now. I was very much in love with it when I first got here. And right now I am more sick of it than I could have ever imagined in my entire life. For a lot of us right now, we're living in pretty suboptimal conditions when it comes to what we're waking up to and how we're living. All I can really ask You to do for yourself right now is try to create mental space for yourself. Try to remind yourself on a daily basis that this won't be forever. This isn't changing who you are at your core. You're going to come out of this. It's going to end up being a memory, an experience. I think it's also important to remember that you know your family, they're people. They're not these immovable forces of nature. Maybe there is something that can make this whole process a little bit less laborious and a little bit more tolerable for you that communication with your family can sort of open up. Hola, papi. My name's Roger, and I need to figure out how to tell my long-term friend with benefits that it's a bad idea to hook up right now. I would love to see him, but my roommate works in healthcare, and I'm worried that I could expose this guy and his boyfriend to corona. Our relationship isn't usually this complicated. Please help. I haven't texted him in days. <laughs> Hey, Roger. So I guess I would open with a question for you, which is why would you be afraid to tell this person that you have concerns over contracting COVID or you have concerns about spreading it to his partner or your partner? You know, when we're entering into any sort of intimate relationship, communication is really key and communication is perhaps never more important than when we're communicating what we don't want or what our anxieties are, what our fears are. We're in a moment where a lot of us are canceling a lot of things, be they relationships or plans or, you know, things we wish we were doing in the springtime. It's not fun. It sucks. Things are slipping through the cracks. And I think that what you're more worried about is having to find out if this will be one of the things that slips through the cracks. But if that's how it goes, then at least you can know that it was for the greater good. You know, we're all supposed to be isolating right now. We're not supposed to be hooking up with anyone. Um, so you can think of it as patriotic if that helps you a little bit. <laughs> but We're all having to make sacrifices at the moment, and this might be one of them. And in the grand scheme of things, I think it could be a lot worse. Hola, papi, this is Christina. Um, I'm having trouble keeping focused. Um, and I know in the scheme of things, that doesn't seem like
0: a big deal with people dying and trying to eat but mentally i'm
1: sure there's hundreds of thousands of people that are struggling with focusing on their creativity i'm a writer personally but anybody's creative endeavors one take on it is that you know you shouldn't have to be able to focus in a pandemic and force yourself to be creative that's ridiculous but also it's just really cathartic people's art is what helps them survive mentally so maybe if there's any advice on how to stay in that creative realm, would be much appreciated. Hey, Christina. What I've been noticing over these past few weeks is that over time, we do to some degree adjust. It's just that it looks and feels different. Pouring myself my own coffee, setting myself down at a desk and pretending like I was at a coffee shop just wasn't working. I find finally that my writing process is starting to come back to me and it only took what a month or so um to my mind that's a lot of time to spend away from something i love but it's not a dead end i would suggest not giving up on these things that give you joy make a new little process for yourself and you know just make for the sake of making for now don't think about if it's as good as it was before don't think about if it's something that you're in love with everything special about you is still there. It may not feel like you're in close touch with it. It may feel like you've lost it, but that's not the case. Let yourself feel what you're feeling. Let yourself heal. Con mucho amor, happy.
0: Thank you to John Paul Bramer for your wise words. John Paul Bramer is the author of the advice column Olapapi and a memoir of the same name, which will be out in 2021. His work can currently be found at olapapi.substack.com. This episode was produced by Alejandra Salazar and edited by Sofía Palizacar. The Latino USA team includes Miguel Macias, Luis Treyes, Antonia Serejido, Janice Yamokan, Alisa Escarce, with help from Joanne Luna and Raúl Pérez. Our engineers are Stephanie LeBeau and Julia Caruso. Additional engineering this week by Leah Shaw. Our director of programming and operations is Natalia Fidelholtz. Our digital editor is Amanda Alcántara. Our intern is Julia Rocha. Our theme music was composed by Zena Rubinos. If you like the music you heard on this episode, stop by latinousa.org and check out our weekly Spotify playlist. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Inojosa. Join us again on our next episode. And in the meantime, I'll see you on all of our social media. Stay
1: inside. Stay safe. Ciao. Funding for Latino USA's coverage of a culture of health is made possible in part by a grant from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Latino USA is made possible in part by the Heising Simons Foundation, unlocking knowledge, opportunity, and possibilities. More at hsfoundation.org. And the Wincoat Foundation. Thank you so much. I feel uplifted now. I think I'm going to be good this week. (laughs) It's going to be a better week (laughs) just because of this interview. I really thank you.
0: (laughs) I'm Maria Hinojosa. And next time on Latino USA, a throwback to 2018. We take you on one underdog's journey to the World Cup. That's next time on Latino USA.